I'm Brittany Ashley. And I'm Laura Zapp. And this is Sicker Sadder World. The podcast where we rewatch Daria and relate it to our current world. Good morning. We're recording this on a Sunday morning instead of going to church. Just this one Sunday we chose to miss it for y'all. Yeah. It was, I had to tell my pastor, uh, sorry, I can't make it today. And he was like, but Sister Brittany, you always come to church on Sunday. And I was like, I'm sorry, I can't this time. Did you have the same experience with your father, pastor? Yeah, my papa was like, uh, sweet little niece, Laura. Yeah, he uses different terms for me. Cool. Oh, good bit. Good bit. (laughs) I actually went to a wedding last night and it was maybe the sweetest wedding I've ever been to. They seemed so in love and I've never like really, really cried at a wedding before. And and this was that. Brittany, we all know you're talking about Harry and Meghan. No, 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 no. I went to that wedding too. I went to it from the safety of under my covers. I I actually did cry. Okay, no, I didn't care about that wedding. I actually could have watched the wedding because I didn't get home on Friday night until 3 a.m. because I was shooting a sketch where I was supposed to be a witch. Um, and we didn't finish filming until 3 a.m. So realistically, since it was at 4 a.m., I actually could have stayed up and watched it, for I did not. Yeah, I um, didn't intend to watch it. I know like some people, including my housemate, like went to a watching party where they actually were awake at 4 a.m., like intentionally as a group eating cucumber sandwiches and whatnot. But I just uh, have been having trouble sleeping lately. And just happened to be up at 3.30 a.m. and saw that the procession was happening. And so I just tuned right in on the the Twitter live stream. And I will say it was it is cool that like she's 37 and this is her second marriage. And she was like, nah, I'll I'll walk myself up the steps. Like there were things about it that I'm like, all right. I saw one tweet that was funny that was like, um, let this be a reminder to all of you women to, that you never have to settle. <laughs> She's like 37 and divorced and like, ah, I think I'll, I think I'll go for a prince this time. <laughs> Literally. And, and I think it's, it's really interesting that when we were growing up, I think that Prince William was like shoved down our throats as like, he is a heartthrob. And then little did we know Prince Harry was, is like this gorgeous being. Yeah, and I—I I mean, I when I dated men, I actually was quite into bald men. So no shade on the losing of hair, but uh, I mean, they're both going to be very bald. Um, but right now, I would say Harry is the is you know top notch, top notch, good looking. Yeah, he's a, he's a beautiful boy, and uh, he goes to therapy, and um, he clearly is very into. His wife. So, I mean, are we bi for Harry? <laughs> I might be thruple bi for the two of them. Oh, shit. Yeah. I'd thrup out on that. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, can you imagine, like, could we have the first thruple royal wedding? <laughs> <laughs> they add me to their roster in another three years. It'd be beautiful. Um, Dare to dream. For sure. Always. I feel like my eyes twitching. I'm just like so hypochondriatic. That's the I'm so I'm scared. Hap- I'm I'm scared right now. <laughs> I uh my body's covered with welts. So I'm gonna be real. 
I just know I'm very vulnerable with y'all and I have had like crazy hives for like three days and I just went to urgent care and dealt with an incredibly unhelpful doctor that uh, shot me up with steroids. So who knows? Maybe in the middle of this um, episode, I'm going to hulk out. <laughs> I'm just going to... I don't think I've ever been on steroids before. You're going to like so. call me a bitch and throw me against the wall. <laughs> I mean, it could be. I, is that what is supposed to happen? I'm just going to be really... And this is how bad the doctor was. I was like trying to get really clear on what she was going to inject me with before she did and before I gave her my consent and was asking about any possible side effects. And she was like, yeah, there's really none. You'll just like maybe have a little bit more energy today. I was like, okay, doc. Like, I'm not going to be getting what I need out of you. So sure. <laughs> Here's my butt. <laughs> Put it in there. The, the shot in the cheek. Not the, okay. <laughs> la, 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 la. La, 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 la. This is my style. To get up, or I might fall. Excuse me, excuse me. I've got to be direct. If I'm wrong, please correct. why you're really stuck on season four though because we just keep keep on this pretty mediocre march through season five <laughs> i don't know how you feel about it but i keep yeah. waiting to be to be wowed but the last three episodes including this one have left me wanting yeah story of d is um it's it's not that great i mean there there's like not a ton going on and, um, I mean, there is one thing thematically that I connected to, which is getting rejected from things via writing and careers. And I think that that was an interesting aspect. Um, but yeah, this was kind of a, a mediocre episode. So if this was anyone's favorite episode, I do apologize for, for shitting on it. Um, but should we just jump right in? Yeah, I mean, first I wanted to say that before I watched it, I had high hopes because the name was the story of D, which I thought was going to be a play on the story of O, which was a novel, um, I, I didn't look up what year it was published, but it was published under a pen name by what was revealed later to be a female author, and it's sort of like the original book that I feel like um, uh, Fifty Shades series was based on, like it's about ultimate female objectification and submission and BDSM. It's like this Parisian photographer gets invited to this elite sex club where she's trained by these masters and um, is objectified in all of these ways and, you know, gives herself over to that sexual experience. And I was like, damn, what is Daria going to do? Like when I just saw the name, I, I was titillated. <laughs> she just sent a short story of which we don't even know the topic. No, they they really just went with the fewest details possible. 
with this one. Yeah. So literally, it's it's about a story that Daria wrote. But we actually start the episode with the Fashion Club. The Fashion Vision Humanitarian Awards. And the Fashion Club is watching this uh, awards show and inspires them that they want to help society. And they land on wanting to donate a mirror to the girls' restroom. And so they need to find a way to raise money to buy this mirror. And one of the ideas they have first are like pedicures for children. And it's all, it's all you know, fashion or image related gifts for who they perceive as the less fortunate. Daria decides that she wants to write a short story and submit it. That perhaps she wants to put herself out there and let someone judge her work. And I think that the predicament that she's in is obviously she is a, I think she's like a perfectionist. I think that she's probably never missed a homework assignment. And up until this point, I think she's totally nailed like every assignment creatively that she's ever been given. And so to allow, you know, someone from a non, from, from not your high school to judge your work is definitely putting herself out there because up until this point, she's kind of just been able to live in the fantasy of, of which she is a perfect writer. And now she's, you know, having someone else judge that and she's stepping outside that comfortability. I would say it's it's perfectionism and imposter syndrome because I think, like, she she, she gives off the vibe that she feels intellectually superior to most of her peers. But it's sort of like making herself vulnerable to judgment in this way could deflate that part of her ego it's like the thing that she prides herself in the most and that she hangs on to is her intelligence and it's what to her justifies why she's not more popular or more integrated into these other social realms of life and so if she also fails at this thing it's like failing at the only thing that she has and and kind of alongside this theme is this kind of runner throughout the episode of Helen being worried about Daria having sex, which maybe that was meant to be the little echo of the story of O. But we see Helen, like, actually talking about um, herpes on the phone and talking about getting rid of outdated ideas about sex. And then, like, that's juxtaposed with her freaking out when she realizes that um, Tom and Daria are upstairs alone and is like, okay, bye, and has to run upstairs and bust in on them, which I remember in my high school, which was the boarding school, like, I don't remember if I've said this before, but there was a rule that... That you went to private school, yeah, I think you've mentioned it once or twice. Yeah, um, it was pretty elite and whatnot, whatever, like, that does, that part doesn't matter, but the part that does matter is if you wanted to go into a boys' dorm room if you were a girl, or vice versa, the, the heteronormative pairings of of students in dorm rooms there was the three the three foot rule which was you had to have three feet on the floor out of four at all times you had to have the door open so that if the faculty advisor walked by they could like see you and then you had to have three of your four feet touching the ground which led to some creativity sexually yeah some yeah some some knee some some one knee situations <laughs> but yeah i was reminded of that like helen was gonna be busting in and like counting the number of limbs she could see wow that also that gives me some ideas so watch out kirsten <laughs> <God>. <laughs> something that i was curious about 
um, just because I am deep in my Dawson's Creek rewatch and I had just breezed past the episode where Joey loses her virginity to Pacey. Sorry, spoiler. Wow. Uh, and then lies okay. to Dawson about it. But we assume that, do we assume that both Tom and Daria are virgins? Do we think that Tom and Jane got nasty? I absolutely think Daria is a virgin. Um, I don't know about, I don't think, I do not think Tom is a virgin, but I'm not sure if he and Jane had sex. I think if they didn't, he has had sex with someone prior. He just gives off that vibe. And I think Jane gives off the vibe that she's had sex before too. Yeah, you know what? They don't really touch upon that in the show, but I almost wonder if that was one arena that Tom and Jane actually did connect. Because we we were shown so many ways that they kind of weren't really on the same page and um, kind of had different priorities. It was sort of like they were friends that kind of got along, but didn't have that much in common otherwise. So I wonder if it was one of those relationships that was more so physical and that alone couldn't sustain it. Yeah. Jane should, you know, use the opportune time to drop that one in yeah. with Dario. Like, I don't know. It's just like about sex for us, you know? Totally. <laughs> so Tom is supportive of Dario's writing. Um, but it, but it, I did get the vibe that he kind of was like, oh, this is actually good. You should submit this. Like up until this point, has Tom read anything that Dario's written? Or has he just assumed that she's probably a good writer just based on the witty repartee? I think he probably assumed and Jane reads it as well and doesn't really get it. Like she's supportive, but she she's like, you know, I'm not the writer. Like, I don't really know how to judge this, which I don't know how I, f- I mean, I-, I think that's a very like true to Jane, honest way of approaching yeah, her. It. Her art is elsewhere. I've definitely been in English class before where like in college where someone would read their short story or their poem and I'd be like oh yeah I don't really get this but it sounds probably like it's good and then while Tom is reading Daria's story Helen busts in on them again trying to catch them in something and I will say that's kind of humiliating that have the Heather where did that come from it's my sister <laughs> that's that- my sister what what do you say about my sister <laughs> This is when the steroids come out. Yeah. Heather, where you at, girl? God. Steroids, Laura, loves you, baby. <laughs> God, that was awful. Was toxic so... masculine, Laura. Yeah. One shot of steroids in your glutes and your glute? I don't know. Um, but it is kind of embarrassing and unrealistic, I feel, that it is Helen who's more tuned in and, like, thinking more about Tom and Daria having sex than Tom and Daria are. Oh, yeah. Or, like, not even having sex, like, making out or messing around at all. Like, I feel like, on the one hand, that's realistic because parents can be incredibly paranoid and trying to preemptively prevent things from happening. But on the other hand, I feel like, especially teenagers, hormonal teenagers, are trying to hook up and... And at least make out. And it seems strange that they don't really show that part of Tom and Daria's relationship at all. Yeah. Like, it's almost like, God, Helen, why are you such a hoe? Like, why are you thinking in these terms? They're just reading a story. Right. But back to the fashion club. Did you notice the Hanson poster in Sandy's room? No, I absolutely did not. Because if I had, I would have been incredibly excited. Oh, yeah, it's in there. 
But uh, the Fashion Club decides that they're going to write a Fashion Club newsletter. So uh, Daria's not the only Morgendorfer who's writing. <laughs> sick! That was a sick joke, Brittany! God, steroids, Laurel. <laughs> I did... Uh, oh, fuck. I... I did write a newsletter for my friends in eighth grade, and I wrote that down, not remembering if I knew where I put those newsletters, because I I brought them back the last time I went home. Um, But yeah, when I was in eighth grade, I made a newsletter for all of my friends, and I have a few sitting right here. Oh, please do share. Wait, so you, this wasn't published in anything? This was just you would hand out to your friends? This is a newsletter that I, that is self-published. Self-created, and I used up a lot of my dad's printer ink. Okay. I noticed you have some attractive yellow and pink paper that you printed it out on. That is correct. There was something, there was a section that I wrote that was about, like, you know, because we were all on the same basketball team and all on the same softball team. You know, I I had, like, a little sports section, but I also wrote a little bit of a gossip column and I put by anonymous, but clearly I had written it, but the the rest of the newsletter was by you. Yeah. And then this one thing says anonymous. Yeah. I I also (laughs) have to point out that, um, there was two Britneys that were in our crew. And so my nickname was Britley because Brittany plus Ashley and cute. And the other Brittany, she was actually a huge bitch. Like she was like a really quiet, um, she was like a very quiet person, but secretly she would like be emotionally abusive towards me on AOL Instant Messenger Hot. and bully me. And her last name was King. And so I told, and my, that's my girlfriend's last name. So I said I would never take her last name if we ever decide to get married because it reminds me of my middle school and high school bully. But then again, if you did take it, it would sort of be like a power move. Absolutely not. And also I couldn't get rid of my last name. Anyways, let me just get into this newsletter. <clears throat> titled Sarah versus Brittany, the other Brittany, by Anonymous. Of course, I mean Sarah Hansen and Brittany King. If you didn't know, they're having a little feud right now. Actually, a big one. It all started when Brittany wrote a note to Sarah about how Sarah never writes back, ignores her, and makes her feel bad. Then Sarah came back with a note in regards to the previous note from Brittany. Then at recess, it didn't get much better. They were at it without even looking at each other. Poor Brittany was their messenger. By the way, Patrick, Brittany's really great and she likes you a lot. Anyways, as I was saying, now Brittany and Sarah cannot bear to talk to each other, let alone look at each other. Solve your problems. Whoa. Did you give this to Brittany and Sarah? You know I fucking did. Holy shit. But then then in a later section in the same newsletter, it says it's titled Sarah is Sorry. Brittany King, if you're out there, Sarah feels bad. She knows that she messed up and that she was a biatch. I know this because I just got off the phone with her. She would like to give your friendship another shot. Brittany, do you accept? What a whirlwind yeah. this newsletter is. Also, that is that is bold. I also does that say prep news on the top there? It went through a couple it went through a couple different iterations. There's news that rocks, there's prep news. Yeah, and I guess that's it. I guess I was trying out a new brand. Wait, and how old were you at the time? I was in seventh grade, eighth grade. This is okay. issue seven. Um, there is a question section, and I'm not happy about this, but I just read it. Dear the Advice Girls, my five-year-long boyfriend has been sneaking out of his house to go see some of his guy friends, and he's been repelled by me lately. And now, whenever I go to his house, he's in his underwear and hanging up framed portraits of his mother. What does this mean? <laughs> Wait. Okay. I have so many 
first of all, he's repelled by you. <laughs> that is an active verb. Like he, you repulsed him yeah. and you're driving him closer to his mother. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> wow. Wow. I really went hard with this. Dear the advice girls, my boyfriend is cheating on me with another man and I'm cheating on him with another woman, but I also hey. love a cross dresser. She's really hot. <gasps> what do I do? Oh my God. You are so woke. Or not woke. Or like the opposite of woke. Wait, I want to know what the answer to that was. That's what I really am curious. Oh no. Let me read the answer. Come on. Let me do it. Wait, where is the answer? Oh, first of all, the bisexual, the pansexual who wrote in uh, signed off your best fan, Zaza Gabor. <laughs> not Zaza, just Z-A-Z-A. And then the answer is, well, Zaza, that's a hard one. Because you're going to have to pick the one that you love most. But are you sure that you love this cross-dresser? You are going to have to think on who you'd be more happy with in the future and who will love you back. Wow, transphobic little Britney. <laughs> a little Britley. I didn't mean to. Wow. I love trans people. This is very <laughs> revealing. So, are you done? I mean, I had like a joke section. I had Valentine's Day highlights. This was actually the valentine's day that i gave a teddy bear to patrick and he fed it to his dog um so that was hurtful men are cruel yeah men are very cruel so i was the editor of the features page at our weekly newspaper in high school and i was the entertainment editor at my newspaper in college and here's here's some of it i really save everything this is when i got to interview sarah silverman Beauty, beautiful. But um, related to the episode we're talking about, um, <laughs> so the Fashion Watch decided to do a weekly column. So in my section of the newspaper, there was a weekly fashion column called Trend Watch, and it was hugely popular, and it was written by the two most popular junior girls, Tay and Yasmeen. Hot. They were both incredibly beautiful, like, like intimidatingly so in my mind. Did you like hook up with any of them? No, I was a terror. I was a nerd. I was like, no, I first of all, I was so far from realizing I wanted to hook up with them. Secondly, they wouldn't even be caught dead talking to me. Well, persevere. It could happen. Yeah, for sure. Um, But they wrote this piece that was kind of like snotty and judgmental and would like talk about trends and and you know it's such like a place of a a great um gulf between the wealth of different students like there were you know financial aid students and then like the wealthiest kids ever so there was there was parts of it that were really um insufferable and so i'm gonna admit this here for the first time but there was finally a, a kickback to trend watch and there was one week a piece called trend bash published and it you know very cleverly maybe uh turned turned the tides on uh, these two authors and and uh talked some shit about them uh regarding the superficiality of their priorities and and it was written by write? anonymous oh no it was i wonder if it was the same anonymous that wrote about sarah and Brittany in my eighth grade newsletter really yeah she was that anonymous was making the rounds but that uh trend bash really 
rocked the school for a minute and I was just like, I don't know, I'm just the editor. I don't know, it just showed up in our mailbox. Did you have to, or did Anonymous have to fake an email? Like an apology email? No, did you have to show proof that it was an email that was sent? No, a mailbox like physically, like someone had. Did you have to write a letter? Did you have to fake this this trend bash that you received it or did I mean all I'm gonna say is I did receive it in in a form that I then could publish and was the form just like in your brain no there was a physical so you went through the motions of physically writing this letter pretending like you received it and then publishing it as if you received it when it was you who wrote it um, I don't have any representation present, so I'm going to have to... <laughs> no, no, no. Same with my anonymous one, too. But also, I'm not saying that there was only one anonymous person. Sometimes it takes a village. Oh, so you co-wrote it? I'm saying it could have been co-written. So, wow, we really we really uh, take to the press with our feelings, don't we? <laughs> Is that why we have a podcast together? I think so. So Mr. O'Neill blows Daria's cover, which is that Daria didn't want anyone to know that she was submitting this to Musings magazines. I think I think because obviously if you get rejected from something and other people know about it, it is like a larger letdown. But if you put yourself out there and nobody knows about it, nobody also has to know that you got rejected from it. So in class, he mentions that. And then Jody like goes to congratulate Daria but then there's this weird moment where Daria has to be like, oh, no, it's it's not published yet. And Kevin's like, well, then why did you tell people it was? So now there's like these weird stakes where people are going to follow up with her and be like, did this get published or not? And she'll have to tell them that she got rejected. Whereas before, it would have just been a nice surprise. Which is why I never tell anyone when I submit to things so that nobody knows that I've been rejected millions of times. Yeah, and then people can't say things like what Jody said to Daria about Musings Magazine, which is their fiction's awful. I'm sure you'll get in. Right. <laughs> because then it's like, you know, she means well by saying that. She means to say, like, it should be easy, but then Daria's going to feel even worse if she doesn't get accepted because even, you know, a magazine that publishes shitty fiction didn't think her fiction was worthy. So in terms of what the fashion club is writing about for their column... They're into trends, not style. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, they, I don't know that they'd see that distinction, but they're, they're into whatever is considered hot right now. I do think that I inadvertently started the ombre. Oh, that was you? Yeah, because I would just dye my roots and then the, the bottom of my hair would naturally be lighter and um, then start showing up everywhere, you know? Hmm. Wow. Years ago. Years and years. You're like, trust me, it was not cool <laughs> at the time. Yeah. And then everyone hopped on it. And then I was like, fuck, nobody even knows I started this. You're like, wow, you give a girl a platform, you give a girl exposure. And then suddenly everyone's hair is two-tone. Yeah, that was me. So Daria does get rejected and... Up until this point, it does feel like it's probably the first time she's ever been rejected. and In um, this way. Right. And, I mean, I think the, the stigma of rejection should be broken more often. Like, I think that I think that we often see rejection as kind of black and white. Like, if you get rejected from something, it's because it was bad, when that's not always the case. And I, and I think that her discussion with Tom about 
how Tom's friend or teacher or whoever who submitted to it got like this very blanket, like, sorry, this will not be published. Whereas Daria got a few more sentences where it seemed like the editor maybe cared and, and wanted to encourage her to, you know, continue to keep writing. But even so, like, even if you just get that one sentence, it's like, I think that rejection, once you've been through it as many times as I have in my career, I feel like um, you it, it just shows you that you need to make something better. And that's never a bad thing because it helps you become a better writer. And it, it maybe shows you, it just guides you in a way, but it also getting rejected from something doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad. It means like it's not right for that person or, you know. Well, and I feel like whenever you're rejected, you should really get a c- congratulations letter for finishing the thing. Oh, entirely. If you, yeah, that's implied that you finished something, which is leaps and bounds ahead of someone who is scared of even trying, who therefore doesn't finish what would be required to submit. Yeah, putting yourself out there is fucking hard, and so many people don't do it because they're afraid of getting rejected, whereas at this point, I just assume I'm going to get rejected from everything, so that once I do get accepted into something, it's going to be, like, the greatest surprise. Right. How do you deal with rejection, Laura? Um, I'm not that familiar with it. Fuck you. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Sorry, that was the steroids talking. No, yeah, I know. Um, I mean, I think it's similar. It always sucks. It's not like... I don't think that it ever gets easier to the ego necessarily, but um, yeah, I try to kind of wrap my mind around it in the similar ways you were talking about and think of it as um, sort of like a necessary step toward the success. Like it's, it's, you are, it's incredibly unlikely to get exactly the thing you want the first time you try it. And so every failure suggests like another exerted effort toward what is eventually coming to you in a good way. Like I almost try to think of it as like checking off a a finite number of boxes before you get the thing. Um, Because it's just, you know, you have to try a bunch of different things before you can find the thing that fits. Yeah. And speaking of failure... Uh, the fashion club has to issue refunds, which is okay because the only people who bought their newsletter was the three J's because they wanted to like get in their good graces and some other dudes who are probably just trying to court Quinn. So Uh, none of them even read it. Right. And and Tiffany has a great line where she says, being an author sucks Mm -hmm. because they realize that all their hard work was kind of for nothing because nobody read it. And Daria is really um, not graceful toward Tom after her rejection. She basically blames him and says it's his fault and because she knew that this was going to happen and that he wanted her to get rejected and live in a state of perpetual misery, which was a little bit like dramatic much, Daria. <laughs> like usually I kind of more so fall on the side of Daria in their arguments, but this time was a clear like, mm, come on, girl. <laughs> yeah. And I think also her talk with her dad was um, a little bit helpful to make her realize that it does take guts to aim high. And I think she was trying to make her feel her dad feel better about the fact that he had written something when he was a teenager and maybe it wasn't the best and it, it definitely didn't age well and that you can't judge yourself based on something that you write as a teenager, which she realizes she is. 
But uh, she, yeah, again, as I had stated, uh, Tom makes her feel better about that rejection letter. And yeah, and makes her see that it's not so black and white, which I, I feel like is something that Daria has to learn this entire series, that there's nuance to things and something isn't always good or bad, right or wrong. You know, she's got to learn the diff. And then the fashion club decides that they're parting gift the good thing they're gonna do is to just contribute a plaque and the plaque just says we mean well (laughs) which if we ever do do like do do if we ever do some like end of podcast merch I feel like the we mean well pin would be a good one yeah I was also thinking of well never mind that might be a surprise a surprise a surprise but yeah what else is there to say about the story of D? Really, I'd prefer to not say anything else. So the following is an account of who I was in high school by my friend, Megan Murphy, who I've known since second grade. Uh, She also uses my full last name, so I might bleep that out. Um, And yeah, she is someone I kind of was a nerd with and also the person who played Daria in the Black Box production that we did. Here we go. Let's see what she has to say. Hello, listeners. My name is Megan Murphy. Great voice. I have been friends with Laura Walrizak since the second grade. She's asked me to give you all a taste of what she was like in high school. And so I guess the best way that I would describe her is to say she was an exuberant nerd. (laughs) She was very, we're all very nerdy, I guess is the truth, because we went to nerd school, uh, which I'm sure she's talked about. Um, But she is one of the few people that seemed to genuinely not give a shit what anybody thought and was so much the happier for it. It was great. She, I'm sure by now you know her laugh is very uh, loud and, and, and dorky and distinctive. And we would be in the dining hall and I could you could hear her from a mile away because that laugh was just would echo everywhere and yeah, she just didn't give a shit. Um, she told this, she tried to tell this story on my podcast, and I wouldn't let her, so I'm going to tell it on hers. Uh, we had a pact with two of our other friends in high school, Sally and Allie, uh, called the um, uh, Lord Voldemort pack. The initials are LV, which means lose virginity, which is was the pact that... When we lost our virginity, we would call the other and say, Lord Voldemort. I believe Laura was I, not the first, but maybe the second. Wrong. I was the last one. Laura maybe needs to. I, all I remember, I remember Al. I mean, I remember Laura. Allie got it. To say soon. Lord Voldemort. And I also remember Laura was the first person that I called after I lost my virginity to say Lord Voldemort. Um, and that was in college because I had one eyebrow for most of uh, high school stretching across my face Laura was much cuter and then proactive came around and then Laura was really cute Uh, but uh, at that time uh, at least on the outside 
into the men's did not see her uh, shift in sexuality coming so much and then also but when it did I was like oh yeah okay that makes sense um she just loves I don't know I've I, it's, it's, I, it's, I've not met somebody I think that loves life as much as Laura Walrzak and for that I am grateful to be friends with her bye wow that was again. really wonderful I definitely was the last of the four of us to say Lord Voldemort. Thank God for proactive, you know? <laughs> Ooh-wee. Ain't it the truth. So are you loving life right now? Yeah, especially with my uh, limbs covered in hives. And uh, my ear still hasn't popped from my flight two weeks ago. And from the last episode, yeah. Yeah, I gotta say, um, my 30s are treating me well. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Sicker Sadder World. You can find us all over on Twitter. We have a website. We've got a Patreon. We've got a billboard. We've got a hot air balloon. We've got a... We've got a, a highway mega- named after us. We've got a blimp. We're everywhere. So just just try to avoid us speak our name in the wind and we will be there we got some wind too